Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good evening, everybody. It's 7.02. We welcome you in WGR Sports Radio 550. Live coverage of the NHL Draft. Buffalo Sabres, a busy night coming up. And uh, we're looking forward to being with you from start to finish. And a busy night for Kevin Adams and the Sabres, for sure, holding three first-round draft picks. Brian Colesio with you. Happy to be back with you. Uh, Joe DiBiase, as uh, we mentioned, still sticking around to do shift number eight for the day. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Appreciate that. TJ Luckman behind the board. TJ, welcome back. Nice to be back. That's right. And Paul Hamilton live in Montreal in just a moment. So we'll get Paul in here. Joe, busy night for the Sabres. Three picks. I know you guys all day. We've been chatting about it on WGR about what maybe could happen beyond taking three players. Mm -hmm. Now that we've reached the start of the draft here in moments away... How confident are you that it'll just be three picks and nothing else? Um, I think I'm growing more and more confident that they'll remain with their three first-round picks. I wondered earlier in the day about Dabrinkit, who goes to Ottawa this afternoon for pick seven, and whether that would be an idea the Sabres would consider, given that he kind of fits the age range for what they're building. Another Alex Tuck, if you may. If there's another Alex Tuck out there, would you want to go get him? And it's a different style of player and different size. I mean, Dabrinkit's 5'7". He's like the shortest player in the league. But great goal scorer, really good player, and again, 24 years old. Is that something that appeals to the Sabres? Because that's like the guy you would add if you want to move multiple first-round picks. But he goes... And now, I don't really see a guy that is clearly available around the league that I'd go, oh yeah, I want to trade 16 and one of my best prospects to go get. If that guy is available that I haven't heard about, you know, if there's a Matthew Kachuk out there that suddenly, oh, the Sabres could get him for 9 and J.J. Paterka, then I would change my tune on that. But there's no one that seems to be uh, on the rumor mill right now that seems worth it. The the trade for Debrinkit was something that, as soon as it happened, I'm like, ooh, that could have been that could have been done. The Sabres had the draft capital to do it. And I know obviously earlier in the day the, the Matt Murray, maybe mm-hmm. the swapping of nine and seven and all that sort of stuff, but And they almost had seven, right? Yeah. They almost had seven and that's what's e- traded for Debrinkit. Even if even if you throw that piece out of it, I mean, what was it? A one, two, and then a three two years from now? Yes. So uh, why if you throw two ones? Mm-hmm. You, you could even keep nine, maybe, and throw the, the second two ones that you have. I think that gets it done. 16 and 28? Yeah. Would you have, that, that is a very win-now type move, even though it does... It, it, it's for not it, just the next two years, because right. he's 24 years old. And that's under the assumption, of course, that... He would sign. I would assume that he's signing and he's here long-term, right? Sure. I mean, you, well, if, uh, Ottawa... What's interesting, what Ottawa did, and what's risky about Ottawa, what they did... The, the, all the reporting seems to be they made that trade not knowing if Debrinket's going to sign there. And had the Sabres made that trade not knowing, so like the, the hypothetical you threw out there, two firsts for Debrinket, and you don't know if he's going to sign? Whew, that Then, like, I'm that's a nerve-wracking trade to me. If you knew he was going to sign, then I love it. Right. But And I think, I think I'd have to know that before I would pull the trigger on doing something like that. Me too, because but if you don't, it's, yeah. like, it's a two-year rental. Yeah. I And I guess... Kevin Adams so many times has said, we don't want to push the fast-forward button. 
But if to me, you're still picking ninth, you're getting a top 10 player, and you're getting a guy that can score 40 goals in the NHL at a very young age, assuming again, if the contract things worked out, like to me, that's an, a really exciting night. And it's not pushing the fast forward button because of his age right. and because you still need another guy that can put the puck in the neck or two, I think, to add to this roster at some point anyway. Yeah. And it's it's only like it's it's tapping the gas pedal a little bit, right? It's only one of right. It's like one, one move like that it would be easy to stomach. Yep. Like you don't want to go all the way Tim Murray style where, oh, I have to have O'Reilly and oh, I have to have Vander Kane and I have to have Robin Leonard. And suddenly I've traded multiple first round picks, a, a, a whole a dozen prospects, mid round picks. Like I've, I've depleted all my assets to get three guys. But it, like that, that's flooring it. I don't I don't want to do that. And Kevin Adams doesn't sound like a GM that has any appeal to do that. But there's sitting back and just there's there's two sides of the spectrum. There's the ultra aggressive style that Tim Murray employed, and then there's the ultra conservative, which would just be I'm just gonna sit back and make my picks. I don't need to have talks about anything else. There is a middle ground. There's a middle ground of tap the gas a little bit. You make one trade. Doesn't even have to be Debrinket. Um, I, I looked up Frank Cerevelli from uh, he's the Daily Faceoff now. Yep, he has like a TSN trade bait list, like the equivalent of that. His top thirty trade targets right now in the league and number 15 he had was Travis Konechny of the Philadelphia Flyers who's maybe like a watered down version of the DeBrinket trade idea 25 years old he had 52 points last year he's like a 50 60 point guy the difference there is you have control he's got three years on his deal left at 5.25 million if if I woke up tomorrow and they had traded 16 for Konechny or 28 in a prospect for Konechny. That would be hitting fast forward a little bit, yep. but it feels like you'd be doing it responsibly, which I think Adams sounds open to, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to criticize them for, yeah. for wanting to, to do. The the Debrinkin thing to me is more about that Kevin Adams is capable of pulling off that deal. and Maybe that's the intrigue piece for me, even just as much as the player, that it would excite me. But anyway, so the Sabres are picking 9, 16, 28, the 9 is the one that they own, just based upon where they finished. The 16th pick coming in the Vegas trade, of course, Jack Eichel. And uh, the 28th pick from Florida with the deal last year. All right, so Joe and I here in studio will, of course, go to live to Montreal throughout the night uh, to check in with Paul Hamilton, as we do with now. And uh, we say good evening to Paul. Paul, how are you? Well, the fans are booing me. They're booing you specifically? I bet you can guess who's at the podium. Yes. <laughs> Gary Bettman is about to speak. So Yeah, he just stepped up. Yeah. All right, Paul, we'll, we'll put you on hold for one second. Let's hear the commissioner here welcome the draft. Bienvenue au repêchage de la Ligue Nationale du Hockey, Upper Deck des Mille Vendue. Commencion, son plurtard. We are, I am delighted to be conducting a draft in person again, and thank you for that welcome. It is a return to normalcy. We are thrilled that the draft is in the city that has played host to the first NHL draft back in 1963 and has been home to the most NHL drafts since. Not sure why you're booing that, it's your city. But on a serious note, we had a tragedy here in Montreal yesterday with the untimely passing of Brian Marchment, who was here in his capacity with the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, our condolences, the condolences of the entire NHL family, go out to Bryant's family and friends, and I'd ask everybody to stand for a moment of silence in Bryant's memory. Thank you. You'll have to hold it for a second. Wait a minute. I'm now honored 
to be accompanied tonight by Tanya Bossi and Martin LaFleur. Within a span of eight days in April, the NHL lost two of its most legendary players, and Montreal lost two of its most beloved sons, and most important, Tanya and Martin lost their cherished fathers. We still and always will feel their losses deeply. But tonight, we celebrate their lives. And we recall that the remarkable careers of both Guy Lafleur and Mike Bossy began on nights such as this at NHL drafts held in Montreal. Mon père a grandi dans un village qui s'appelait Tursault. League and now uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman just speaking. We bring it back here to Studio Brian Colziel, Joe DiBiase. We'll get back to Montreal with Paul Hamilton in one moment. Martin Lafleur, the son of Guy Lafleur, speaking right now. Uh, we would have let you hear him, but it's all in French, and we know the majority of you maybe are not as yeah. fluent in French as you are in uh, English as we're speaking right now. So uh, we'll get back to Paul here in just one moment once they uh, get rid of the podium uh, ceremonies because I know it's tougher for Paul to chat with us then, but. Uh, again, three picks for the Sabres, 9, 16, and 28. And uh, we'll obviously be giving you live coverage all throughout here. So Paul will have interviews from the players as long as they are on site. Uh, the majority of them that are projected to be first-round players are in Montreal. So that'll be the plan here along the way. We'll obviously be checking with Paul, too. Uh, Brayton Wilson, uh, formerly of The Morning Show, now working for WBEN, but keeps uh, very good tabs on all the prospects. He'll be coming in to join us. Uh, throughout the night as well. Dan Dunleavy, Sabres broadcaster, uh, going to check in with us a little bit later on in the first round as well. So, And if you'd like to join us, feel free to do so. 803-0550 is the number, 803-0550, to join us here on WGR. There are, by the way, reports uh, out of Montreal. Stéphane LaRue of RDS tweets out. Uh, hold on, let me just make sure I hit the translate button again to make sure. Yep. He is tweeting that the Canadiens will make Juraj Slavkovsky the first choice of the NHL draft. Which may not uh, be the one that the crowd in uh, Montreal and Bell Centre wants. We, we obviously heard earlier that uh, there was quite a negative reaction. Well, not necessarily a negative reaction, but a positive reaction when Shane Wright was introduced. And nothing when yeah. Slavkovsky went by. I wonder what the reaction will be. Will it be, a, will it be like a loud boo? Like, will it be clear as yeah. day of, like, what the reaction is? I do. I wonder. Um, but <laughs> It's always tough, too, when the player that you're picking is actually physically there. Right, right. Sometimes they're not, and you can, you know, do what you want. But sure, the fact that they're... They're standing in front of you. They're there with their family, like, walking up to the stage, and they're getting booed. Like, that's... That's, you know, not necessarily the most how you want to remember being picked in the NHL draft. Sure. Like, what has that, oh, NFL, has that happened, like, in person? Like, I remember the Eagles were, like, renowned for booing, like, several guys. Donovan McNabb, I yeah. think they booed. But, like, the the what, Jets fans that are in there that are always upset with their, they wanted to take Warren Sapp one year, I remember. I don't know if they took, like, yeah. Kyle Brady instead or, you know, somebody like that. But they're, a yeah. lot of times they're not there. But I know right. the NFL draft, it's more and more they're starting to get these guys in person. Uh, you know, as it's turned in more but, of a red carpet event. But you're right. I, to do it in person, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable, even if I disagreed with the pick, booing yeah. an 18-year-old kid and his mom and dad standing up there. And really, like, if you really boil it down and ask yourself why you're doing it. I mean, right. even, like, Montreal fans who are as plugged in as maybe any fan base in hockey, they they know some about these prospects. Do they really know about these prospects? Like, are those fans in the arena studying Finnish Hockey League tape? I mean, I, I'm thinking the answer to that is almost certainly no. So to act like you know what he would be would be just, to me, outrageous. Yeah. What you think you would know. All right, let's go back to Montreal. We'll get to Paul Hamilton in a moment. Let's go back and hear from the commissioner. Tanya and Martin for being here tonight. Before we get down to this evening's business, 
we have another special guest, Canadians head coach Martin Saint-Louis. We're going to see here if Martin Saint-Louis uh, is going to give us the... I'm going to guess he's going to speak in French, which means we probably won't be able to... Merci. Yeah. Pretty strong ovation from everybody in Montreal right now. Merci. All right, well, <laughs> we're just going to listen to the Montreal crowd, I guess, right now. But Martin St. Louis is uh, set to speak. Montreal went a little bit outside the box in that hiring, which obviously it seems as though it's gone over pretty, pretty well. Yeah, he's speaking in French, so we'll, uh, we'll pull him down for the moment. But, Joe, that was a move last year they replaced him with, and they decided to keep him on board. Uh, but if they get off to a bad, bad start, you know Canadian fans will be ready to switch and go after him hard right away if it doesn't doesn't go well. I mean, what a swing to go from a, a team that went to the Stanley Cup, albeit in a weird way. We know during that COVID playoff schedule where they had to only get out of the Canadian division, uh, but an upset of Toronto with the first round that got it done, and then eventually all the way to the Stanley Cup finals riding Carey Price, and then, of course, last year, a total 180, one of the worst teams in the NHL. Yeah, I mean... it. Kind of goes to show that a hot goalie... I mean, is it the ultimate example of a hot goalie can carry you through the playoffs? No pun intended there with uh, the carry. Yes. Um, because he literally... <laughs> it was an eight seed. Remember, they were... Before the COVID shutdown, they were going to play... We didn't know it at the time. They were going to play the Sabres that Friday night for a playoff spot. That's right. And we didn't know that it was going to be for a playoff spot. If COVID happened two days later, that game would have been for it. And they made the finals. Were they a good team? I think the answer to this day is probably pretty clear. They were not a great team. They had a goalie that was capable of going on the stretch that he went on. Last year, that goalie wasn't there. And what did the team look like? Worse than hockey. So, I mean, there's a couple of different points that you can you can make from that. It's you, the NHL playoffs are random, and a hot goalie can lead you all the way. And then there's also... Maybe a point to be made of, you know, don't overreact to one season and thinking, like, what you are. And maybe even a third thing you could go from it is how easy it is to go from top to bottom or bottom to top. Right, right, which could be an indictment on the Sabres. Right. Look at how easy it is to go from bad to good or good to bad or vice versa in the league. Oh, by the way, then how come the Sabres haven't been able to figure it out for 11 <laughs> seasons in a row? Like, that's, at one point... That's... You're going to get lucky and figure it out once, right? You'd, you'd think. <laughs> right. right. Can we even be one of those teams where you know, they have 98 points and they squeak into a playoff spot and I've got to listen to everybody around me saying, well, they're actually not that good. Like, right. uh, Sign me up for that. I'd love to sit here and say, guys, they're actually not that good while they're squeezing their way into a playoff spot. Right. Which is maybe what, what we said about the Bills when they finally ended the drought. They got into that game oh, against yeah. Jacksonville. The offense was you know, inept, but they right. got in and the drought ended. And I think Sabre fans would take that no, no matter what. All right, let's go back and hear from the commissioner here as uh, he gets things started. Mayor Valerie Plant and the city of Montreal for the warm welcome you have extended to most of the NHL family this week. Congratulations to all of the draft-eligible prospects who are here in the Bell Center and on your hockey journey thus far. Good luck as you wait to hear your names called over the next two days. And thank you to all of the parents, family members, friends, and coaches whose support was essential to every one of these hockey journeys. Finally, welcome to those watching on TVR Sports, Sportsnet, ESPN, and the NHL Network. La première selection à Tienne au Canadien du Montréal. The first selection in the 2022 NHL draft belongs to the Montreal Canadiens. Montréal, à vous la parole. Montreal, you are on the clock. 
All right, so Montreal officially going here, and uh, we'll get the first pick in a moment. But can we we can bring Paul back in now? I think. Didn't didn't we? But while we get Paul, didn't yeah. we speculate that we might be on the clock for the Sabers at like seven thirty? Yeah, it's not happening. It's seven twenty one, and the draft hasn't right. started. And television coverage has gone to commercial, so we know there's not going to be a pick anytime soon. Yeah. All right, let's go back to Paul. Paul, set the scene for us. Where are you sitting? What are you seeing? And uh, what's the atmosphere in the building like? I'm dead center. We're in the first row of the media bleachers. Uh, I had told Mike earlier there are five minutes in between picks, which is what it used to be. It's now three. Ooh, that's um, good. When they, said, when they said the Canadians Love were it. on the clock, three minutes popped up on the clock. So uh, they've, they're they now going with three minutes and uh, in between picks. So unless – oh, Montreal, I think, knew. And Mike Shope also said uh, – texted me, too, that um, – Slavsky became the betting favorite also yep. recently uh, to go number one overall. So there's been a lot of talk. We know that he met with the owner of the Canadians, Jeff Molson, earlier today, which I think raised a lot of eyebrows. And uh, quite honestly, uh, things seem to have cooled on Shane Wright uh, as things have gone along. A year ago, you would have thought the next coming of Gretzky was on the way. And now... Who knows? I mean, uh, it appears, and I'm going to say appears. We don't know, but it appears that he is not going to be the number one overall pick, but let's find out in a minute and five seconds. Yeah, Paul, I think at one point during the season, Wright was, for the betting odds, minus 5,000 to be the first pick. So you would have had to bet 5,000 to win 100. And like you said, he's not even the favorite anymore. In fact, that bet has been taken down. There was a tweet out of uh, from a reporter at RDS in Canada that's saying that it will be it will be Slavkovsky with the first pick. And I don't know, Paul, like, I feel like even, like, factoring in the element of it's the draft's in your house, you've got the first pick, and if you take a guy that you think the fans might boo, I feel like I respect your conviction even more, knowing what the reaction could be. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how these, because these fans are excited, there's no question. Martin St. Louis, as you guys were adding on, uh, spoke to the fans. This place was electric. It just went wild when uh, he and the Canadians are getting up, and they are going to be heading to the podium. They've got, well, the clock's going to run out on them. There's four seconds left on the clock, but they are up and on their way to the stage. Uh, they have not reached the stage yet, but uh, uh, well, they'll they'll make that pick, and uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see you know where they go because. Shane Wright, they, in the hockey news, they always say, what's the best-case scenario? Right now, they have the best-case scenario is Nico Hischier. Uh No, thank you. Yep. If, that, if that's all he's going to wind up, no thank you. I, and that's not what people were thinking about him a year ago. I would agree. Paul, I love your pictures of the, uh, the Expos banner in the building. Looks cool. be a Braves banner. The Sabres have got to do that with Bob McAdoo, Jack Ramsey, and... I'm good with Randy Smith. He was an all-star, too, from Buff State. Uh, just the way the Expos did with, you know, the, the Tim Raines and the others, Gary Carter, that they have up there, too. And yep. we're, Canadians have hit the podium here. All right, Paul. Paul, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you a little bit later on uh, in the hour here. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, Paul Hamilton there. The uh, Canadians brass have made their way up to the podium, so... Uh, let's hear what the official now first pick of the draft is here in 2022. I would like to thank and welcome all the prospects and their families to Montreal. On behalf of the Montreal Canadiens organization, we would like to extend our deepest condolences to the Marchman family and to the San Jose Sharks for the untimely passing of Brian. Congratulations to Joe Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche. Avec notre premier choix au repêchage with our first pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Canadiens de Montréal sont fiers de repêcher from the Slovakian national team and TPS Turku, Yuri Slavkovsky. All right, well, 
Joe, we know uh, Vegas always knows first. And when the betting odds switched, that kind of yeah. gave us the tip off that this was going to be the selection for the Canadiens. Do we do we really hear enough there to know like whether they booed it or not? Like there was like kind of like a oh, but I don't yeah. know if there was like a visible boo. It sounded like they were okay with it. it yeah, not, it, there was not the the boo I was looking for, and I feel like many everybody in the arena has phones. I'm sure everybody's keeping up. They know they know yeah. it was about to go down, right? Yeah, that's probably right. I, I kind of am disappointed. I kind of wanted to watch the world burn a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But, all right, <laughs> I, I tweeted this. I don't know if you have an answer, Brian. When is the last time that we had a number one pick, like, draft day surprise? Like, when is the last time that we didn't know months in advance who the number one pick was going to be and it was that number one pick? Because this... This is, this is draft day. Draft day, we found out that like he was even in contention, really. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, even within the last few hours, there was still, I, I would have at least labeled it 50-50. Yeah. And now, you know, up until, like you said, the, the odds switched, which was what? That was 630. That was less than an hour ago. So, yeah, um, yeah I, this is definitely the latest I think it's been in quite a while because, I mean, we knew last year it was going to be power, of course, with Buffalo yeah. and we years knew, before we knew that. Lafreniere, we knew Hughes, we definitely knew Darlene. We did like Correct. a month of previewing <laughs> the pick on the sh- on the station. We knew Matthews, McDavid, of course, Ekblad. Maybe I feel was like it that was, was Ekblad? Ekblad was the last kind of uncertain one. Yes, but that was and that was the debate with the Sabers talked about a, as of, him as the guy going of which Sam to take. Even yeah, though Drysidle really maybe was what the Sabers were considering right. at the time, which. Obviously would have worked out very nicely for them had that yes. turned out that way. All right, so Montreal has made their selection, and now we obviously get eight picks closer here to uh, the Sabres going on the clock. They have three in this round. Uh, nine is the first one. So, All right, we'll take a break here. New Jersey and Arizona are the next two picks at slots two and three. The Sabres are at nine, and uh, we'll get in our commercial timeout here. Jody Biasi. Uh, Brian Koziel, TJ Luckman producing, Paul Hamilton in Montreal. Uh, Brayton Wilson's been studying the prospects. He's going to join us uh, coming up here shortly as uh, he'll let us know maybe some of the names that we should be thinking about for the Sabres at their first spot at pick number nine. More NHL draft coverage coming up live on WGR right after this. All right, 7.33, one pick in, Montreal done, New Jersey about to announce their pick. We'll take you there live as often as we can to Montreal. Will Shane Wright go here at pick two after being the favorite all summer long to go number one overall? Montreal passes on him. We'll see if uh, this ends up going here to the New Jersey Devils. Arizona is on deck awaiting at pick three, followed by Seattle at four. The Sabres will pick ninth, the first of their three selections. As we welcome you back to our NHL draft coverage, Brian Koziel, Joe DiBiase, Brayton Wilson coming up in a moment. Let's go live to Montreal here and hear what the Devils do at pick number two overall. Uh, Also, I'd like to say hi to all our fans back in New Jersey at the Stone Pony at our draft party. Pour le pour la sélection, la nouvelle assistante gérante, Kate Madigan. The Devils do New Jersey. The second selection, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from Nitra, Simon Nemich. Okay, so Simon Nemich going number two from the Slovakian Olympic team as well. So, uh, Joe, now we see, is this uh, Shane Wright watch here coming to Arizona? Yeah, is is this where we get, did you ever watch the movie Draft Day? Kevin Costner, terrible football movie. Uh, remember One of the what worst happened? Movies ever. Remember, remember what <laughs> really? happened? 
The, the, the guy that was supposed to go one, suddenly guys start passing on him, and the other teams are going, uh-oh, what's wrong with him? Is that happening with okay. Shane Wright? Probably not. Arizona probably picks him here at three, but surprising that he wasn't one or two. I've been following the odds all day, and he was the favorite up until about a half hour ago or about 40 minutes ago to be the number one pick. He was plus 600 to be the third pick. Okay. I, he didn't even have odds for the fourth pick, so he was expected to go one or two, and he is uh, still sitting here. Yeah. Brayton Wilson with us. Brayton, how surprised are you at the order so far? Uh, certainly that it's two Slovakians at the top of the draft order is very surprising. I certainly did not expect that, but uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see uh, the birth, uh, not necessarily the birth, but just the growth of Slovakian hockey in just one day. I mean, to have two really good, young, talented players going 1-2 in the draft from your home country, that's got to be something pretty special. And who's got his handprints over a lot of this? Miro Shatan. He's right. in charge of the Slovakian yeah. Olympic team and, and you know Slovakian hockey. Yeah, it's incredible at the work that he's been able to do. But yeah, certainly to see uh, Uri Slavkovsky go number one overall, I, I didn't necessarily buy all the hype into that going into this draft I thought that Shane Wright certainly was going to be the guy I know that a lot, uh, there were so such high expectations on Shane Wright at the beginning of the year that you know when he didn't necessarily produce I think there were a lot more opportunities for people to come out and, and question his play and and question the style that he has and, and what his expectations are heading into the NHL level so you know uh, I, I thought that certainly Montreal was not going to be affected by any of those, but they go out and get Slavkovsky, who's just a big body, who's got the skill, who's got the speed, who's got the smarts uh, right away at playing at the Finnish League this year, really climbed up the ranks real fast, and he goes number one overall to Montreal. And then, obviously, Nemec goes number two to uh, the Devils, and they get a really good defenseman who could eventually end up being a number one guy in the NHL. All right, so we're thinking right here to Arizona, and then it would be... I think, Joe, like you said, okay, what's wrong with him if <laughs> if it gets by here? Because yeah. for, for the most part, it's been about these three. Now, for a long time, it's been that Wright would go one, but mm-hmm. it seemed as though, at least from even a lot of the guests that I've heard on our station over the last month or so, that it seemed as though these three are at least grouped as the top three, and then there's maybe a gap to the next bunch, right? Right. There's yeah. a tier break here, and should... The Coyotes specifically decide not to take the guy that most thought was going to be not only in Tier 1, but the top of Tier 1 for somebody else. That would mean to me that the Coyotes have a much different opinion on one guy compared to the consensus. Is this a much different opinion than the consensus to have Shane Wright number 3? To me, it's not, because they were all grouped into one tier together. But when you reach beyond that... I mean, you could go for team need, I guess, is an argument why the Coyotes would do that. But I don't really think so because they're kind of an organization right now that like there's no position they should be saying, oh, no, we're good there. And I see the Devils going out and getting Simon Nemec as more of a team need necessarily right now. I mean, they've got a good forward group already at hand. They already have Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes right up there. They got Jesper Brad, who's all of a sudden becoming this huge talk of huge money in, in their organization. And they've got other pieces that are really nice assets going forward for that organization. So heading into the second pick, they had that luxury of being able to just go out and get the best defenseman available, address a position that's been of need for them for quite some time. So other than goaltending, because their goaltending situation has looked pretty atrocious over the years. So this is kind of surprising just to see that, you know, Shane Wright and a guy like Logan Cooley being available for the Coyotes at number three, they could go either way here with either of those players. Yeah, Cooley, I think a guest that was on the afternoon show, Joe, about a week ago, had Chris mentioned Peters, I think. Had Chris Peters had yeah. said that he he was not saying that he was predicting he would go one, but that he was he would make an argument for Cooley going one and didn't think it was a, obs- mm-hmm. an obscene argument. Yeah, the Charging yeah. Buffalo has their draft preview yeah. out too every year, and or this year really, it's the most detailed they've had. And they had him number two, Austin Broad from there had him number two. So it's been it's been common to see him ranked in the top three. And I guess there could be an argument there. It, it, it would. What would the argument be? Why would Shane Wright fall to four? Is it a ceiling type conversation? I think that's why he doesn't go one. Slavkovsky's ability to become a superstar might be higher than that of Shane Wright because a lot of the comparables you hear about Shane Wright is Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Nico Heischer. And like, you should be getting a good player out of him, but is he going to be a franchise-altering player for you? Because what you might find is teams will be more willing to take the shot on the guy that it might not work out, 
the the it's more of a risk. But if it works, if we hit on this, then it we it, it's a Colorado picking Macar level ascension to a, a a different type of team than we've been. Where if you pick a guy that you know he's just going to be really good, but that's it. Does that really change the direction of your franchise? It helps, and that's about it. All right. All right, Brayton. So the Sabres pick at nine here. I know Arizona's picks in here, so we'll get that coming up live in a moment from Montreal. Um, these names, though, that have gone so far, including the dropping of Wright, and we know Logan Cooley here could be a possibility here, too. Right. These four were not going to be – they weren't on our radar for pick nine for the Sabres. So mm-hmm. what, what are you seeing in terms of maybe um, just even a few names that – the Sabres and Kevin Adams might be thinking about it. You're nine. only allowing me a few names to yeah, be available. Give for us the a Sabres. few here for the moment. This... We, we can start to you know cross <laughs> them off as they get drafted here by these teams. But uh, at nine, none of these guys you were expecting obviously to be there at nine. So no, far. no, obviously not. But uh, certainly this year's draft class has a ton of names that are available that could be available for uh, the Buffalo Sabres when they get to that ninth overall selection and. Uh, I'll let, I'll let TJ drop it over to the Coyotes here. Yep. Arizona, the pick is in here, third overall. We are awaiting to hear from the front brass here of the Coyotes. <laughs> Gary Bettman. Stop of, being so chummy, Gary. Get to the pick. Yeah. By the way, kudos to the Coyotes for going back to the Kachinas uh, and the, as their like primary logo Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yes. Instead of just the head, right? I'm sure. Yeah. The sideways head. The All 3,000 fans in that arena are going to enjoy it. Yes. All right, Arizona ready to go. Bonjour. My name is Javier Gutierrez. I'm the president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. On behalf of owner Alex Morello, the Morello family, and the entire Arizona Coyotes organization, we'd like to thank the Montreal Canadiens and the great city of Montreal for your hospitality this week. We'd also like to congratulate the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup. Congrats. And we'd also like to share a moment of condolences to the family of Brian Marshmont and the San Jose Sharks organization. To our fans back in Arizona, many of whom are watching us at Wall Horse Pass Casino, thank you for your quarter century of support, loyalty, and dedication <laughs> many. to our corporate I, community I, Quarter century? I'm already thank thinking you for of being jokes. Always part of the pack. <laughs> quarter century. It's teeing the ball up to for Arizona you, Arizona <laughs> State University, we thank you for welcoming us into your family, and we look forward to playing in Tempe, Arizona. And to the city of Tempe, we look forward to our partnership and building an iconic sports and entertainment This guy's running district. for political this office, Joe. Oh, as we take sure. our next step in our journey towards the Stanley Cup, I'd like to invite our GM, oh, Bill he's not even doing it. to make our selection. All right. Arizona selects from the U.S. National Development Program, Logan Cooley. All right. Shane Wright, I got still there. Logan Cooley. I got one pick, right? From the U.S. national team is uh, the center, the selection mm-hmm. for Arizona. So, Brayton, you like this one, obviously? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously in my mock draft, I had Logan Cooley going to the Coyotes, but that's obviously because I didn't think Shane Wright was going to be available. But they pass up on Shane Wright anyway and take Cooley, who arguably is the best playmaking forward in this draft, just with his nonstop ability to move the puck and also to keep his feet moving in the offensive zone and always looking for outlets to create plays that way. So uh, certainly, you know, there was an argument. Uh, Will Scouch was on with with Howard and Jeremy. He's with McKean's Hockey and of, of Scouching.com or .ca, I should say, because he's in Canada. Uh, but he was he said that Logan Cooley was about his only other option aside from Shane Wright as a guy that he could argue to go number one overall to Montreal. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing it now as it's falling where uh, Shane Wright's going down the board and a lot of people are calling this draft drunk on Twitter. And, you know, Shane Wright, like, I'd be absolutely surprised if Shane Wright does not go to Seattle here. I mean, why would Seattle not take Shane Wright? Yeah. So Logan Cooley, the center from the U.S. team, off the board to Arizona pick three. Seattle on the clock at four, followed by Philadelphia, Columbus, Chicago, Detroit, and then the Buffalo Sabres. We'll take a timeout here. Brayton Wilson going to stick with us for a little yeah, bit. I'll, I'll stick with you for another segment here. Sounds great. Joe DiBiase, I'm Brian Colzio. Paul Hamilton live in Montreal. We'll be checking in with him throughout the night as well. Arizona done with their pick. And it's Seattle up next as our NHL draft coverage continues on WGR.
or do you want Yurov Slavkovsky, the first overall pick by the Montreal Canadiens, as we welcome you back. Live coverage of our NHL draft. Brian Colziel, Joe DiBiase, Brayton Wilson will be checking out with us throughout the night. Paul Hamilton from Montreal as well. TJ Luckman producing. We'll also hear from Sabres play-by-play man Dan Dunleavy a little bit later on in the night. Seattle is on the clock, Joe, but mm-hmm. in the commercial break, Montreal making some more buzz. They ac- acquire a player in Chicago Involved again with a trade today. They already traded Alex Dabrinkit earlier in the day. So two trades. The Canadians trade defenseman Alexander Romanoff and pick 98 to the Islanders for pick 13. They then flip pick 13 around with pick 66 to Chicago for Kirby Dock, the third overall pick from a couple of years ago. And here is the Seattle pick at fourth overall. Rocket are proud to select from the Kingston fronts next, Shane Wright. All right, so the Shane Wright fall goes to four, and now the center from Kingston eventually uh, lands in Seattle. And now this will be this is the easy article to write, Joe. Right tonight, if you're writing an article about Shane Wright, that he'll be quote <laughs> oh my, motivated oh to prove gosh. the hockey world wrong. Chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. He went fourth overall. Yes, <laughs> it's not like he went in the sixth round. Um, yes, that's going to be written. That's going to be written everywhere. Yeah. So I, I like the drama. This yeah. has been a crazy draft so far. With we've got trades. We had to bring it earlier in the day. We've got this Doc uh, fiasco. Montreal getting him, uh, the guy we thought was going to go first overall for like two years, ends up going fourth. Slovakia's got two guys, one and two, after not having a first round pick in eight years. Uh, this draft has been uh, chaos. No, no doubt about it. Philadelphia is now officially the team that's up next at pick five. The Sabers. We'll pick ninth. So I'm guessing that we'll get the Sabres maybe what? Eight fifteen, eight twenty in the evening here. That about maybe about, about right. a half hour from now. Remember when think? we adorably thought we were gonna be up at nine at like seven <laughs> thirty? Yeah, when we heard three minutes a pick, we're like, Wow. Right. But well, the clock bet- doesn't doesn't start right away. That's the problem. Well, also but- Bettman spoke for like twenty six minutes before we got hey, it's we a got party going. in Montreal. And huh. every team has to thank everybody along the way. And they have to do it in two languages because right. they're in Montreal. The the you know, the for those that uh, love. Well, if you don't, you'll get ridiculed, yes. Joe. That's true. For those that love Tim Murray, one of the best oh. the best parts of Tim Murray was that he was there to thank no one and just make the draft pick when he, especially when he got up there and drafted Jack Eichel. That was great. Can he just be like the um, the MC? Like, you know, like you know, if you have an all you have an all time quarterback in uh, when you play pickup football. Can can Tim Murray be really the, the all time MC at NHL drafts just to get us on the road here and let's get going? But um, Ron Francis there actually announced quick. that really quick. He was quick. Good Tim on, That's right. Kudos yeah. to Ron Francis because that that was sweet. That was a short and sweet, like ten seconds tops. Yep. All right. So Shane Wright, not happy that he's fallen, but he now has a team. He'll be playing for the what was expansion, now a second year team, the Seattle Kraken. He'll be uh, going off there to play, and Philadelphia is up next. The Flyers. With a new coach, John Tortorella, so they'll get Joe probably like as they say the uh, the bump from John Tortorella, and then mm-hmm. how quickly will players become annoyed with his coaching style, or will we see Rasmus Ristolainen uh, maybe oh, he's, st- he's going <laughs> to be in the doghouse soon? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I think it's the other way around. I think yeah. he's going to play twenty eight minutes a night under that coach. Um, I don't know which way that's going to go. By the way, if he's just yeah. not going to play yeah. at all and dislike him, or he's just going to fall in love with him, it's, it's it probably going to fall in love either with way. Him. It'll definitely be one of the two, though. I, I think the grittiness, the toughness, that guy yeah. Tortorella is going to love about Ristolainen. He certainly, yeah. yeah. How, how about what Chicago's done today? They have been selling off pieces into Brinkett and Doc that are young. Yeah. You know, it's not, they're not trading Kane and Taze. They're not trading, you know, older guys off their roster. I, I guess this is maybe partly because what else are they supposed to do? They could just sit there and accept that they're a bad team. Or they could trade the few pieces on their roster that hold value. But it is still weird that a team that's probably going to be down in the dumps for a couple of years, the two guys they sold off, 
were 24 years old and 21 years old. There's and only... they got picks. So like, they got futures in right. return. But... And not and not necessarily great. I mean, the seventh overall pick is is a fine pick. It's just you get for, seven for and 13. For a three-time, a two-time 40-goal yeah. scorer. Right. That's yeah. that's less than ideal. But there's there's one reason that they're they're doing this right now. It's Connor Bedard. He's, he's the number one prospect in 2023. They are going full-blown rebuild, full-blown tank to get Connor Bedard in next year's draft. So that means fans will be asking when Patrick Kane's coming to Buffalo? Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> they, are, are, you don't think they're definitely taking calls on him right now, right? They have to be. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not saying it. I want to do that, but I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago has traded he requested him. a trade. That's another aspect. Well, he's he also has quite a bit of a different set of teammates here than he had an hour ago, or you know, earlier in the day. Oh, sure. I mean. But essentially, here's what Chicago did: DeBrinket gone, Doc gone. They now have picked seven, thirteen, thirty nine, and sixty six. Okay. So yes, that looks like rebuilding for sure. Yeah. It, you know, and as as you said correctly, Brayton, pick seven is fine, but I mean, it's not pick one or two or three or none four. None of these players are playing for your team next year, and pick thirty nine and thirty sixty six aren't even guaranteed to necessarily make your team at some yeah. point. So I mean, it's uh, it's 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 a turnover for the Blackhawks for sure, and they obviously have some salary things to deal with along the way too that. Uh, could be in play here, so we'll see maybe what they do. All right, so Philadelphia up next, followed by Columbus. Chicago, we said at pick seven. And then, of course, the Sabres uh, will be coming in at pick nine. Uh, Detroit there at pick eight in between. Okay, we'll take a timeout here. Brayton, we will uh, chat with you after the Sabres make their pick, correct? Yeah, that, that's fine. I know yeah, you've got to do some other work, so no, it's, uh, it's good. We'll take I, you care I'm of just, that. I'm just so eager to give you my, my picks. For, or for, All right, do you want to uh, tell us who the Sabres yeah. will pick before we yeah. let you go here? Sure. Who do you like for them at nine? So there's obviously a, a large list of players that are potentially available for the Sabres and that will be available. Maybe some surprising names, I'm not sure. Nothing like Shane Wright, but uh, in my mock draft at WGR550.com, I had the Sabres taking uh, Jonathan Lakaramaki, who was playing in the Swedish Hockey League last year. He'll be playing in the second-tier professional league next year with Jur Gardens because they were relegated at the end of the year. But he's a guy that is arguably the best finisher of this year's draft, who's got an incredible shot to his arsenal and, and really finds good open spaces on the ice to really uh, get cre- good creative scoring chances and put the puck in the back of the net. Really impressed at the uh, at international tournaments as well for Sweden. A uh, couple of other names that could be of interest for the Buffalo Sabres with the number nine pick. Matthew Savoy is an, is an interesting name. I know Josh Schmidt had mocked him to the Sabres at WGR550.com. Just a really electric dynamic center down the middle. Could be, um, could be available for the Sabres at that point. And uh, going to the Flyers pick now. Yep. Before we get back to Brayton in a moment, Chuck Fletcher, the president of the Flyers now, uh, is the Flyers are ready to make their pick here at fifth overall. With the fifth overall pick, the Philadelphia Flyers are proud to pick Cutter Gutierrez. Cutter Gutierrez, the selection there, the left winger from the U.S. national team, goes to Philadelphia. Brayton, what do you think about All that? Right. Uh, well, I, I mean, he's the guy that rose up a lot of boards as yeah. well, similar to. Slavkovsky, just a big, big winger. Reminds me a lot of Chris Kreider with the way he plays. He just drives to the net and has just one mode of action, and that's just when he has the puck, it's go to the net. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're at. Get there, create a scoring chance, and just he's got good speed, good size, good strength. When he gets to the collegiate level, it's just all about refining that, maybe a year or two at Boston College and being able to to get himself in a position to make that immediate jump to the NHL rather than having to try and get to the AHL level first and go from there. But um I'll give you I'll just quickly run through a couple more names because I know we're against the break. What's new on this station anyway? Uh Marco Casper is another name that's interesting for the Sabres at number nine. Uh a guy that I really like that the Sabres, you know, I think could take even at sixteen, but if they wanted to take a shot at him at number nine, I'd absolutely be fine with that is Brad Lambert from Finland. He's a guy that was originally projected a couple years ago to be a top three top five pick in this year's draft, but um certainly his his play over the past couple of years has garnered other ways of thinking about the way he could potentially be at the NHL level. But I really like the way that he kind of projects, you know, with the right system and the right fit. I think that he can really develop into a really nice dynamic playmaking type of winger uh, at the NHL level. So those are a few names and we'll see how it plays out at number nine. All right. Thank you, Brayton. We will uh, check in with you throughout the night after the Sabres make their selections. But uh, again, if you want to check out Brayton's mock draft, 
It's at WGR550.com. It's not going well so far. All right. You did get Cooley, right? And I got uh, Gautier as well. And Gautier. There you go. Not bad. Two out of five with all the shakeup at the top. That's not bad. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Time out. Sneaky Joe with me, Brian Colziel, Paul Hamilton in Montreal, TJ Luckman producing. Brayton will be back with us throughout the night. Uh, Dan Dunleavy also uh, likely in between the Sabres second and their third picks. He'll come on as well as uh, we continue our live coverage of the NHL draft. We'll be back after this timeout on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, 